welcome back to Cover Stories. Uh, today we are welcoming back Cooper Greenberg. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Of course. It was a good time last time. I wanted to redeem myself <laughs> and not come on with Pat. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about Phoebe Bridgers a little bit now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cooper will be covering uh, Willie Nelson's uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, mm-hmm. which is also a cover, I learned. Originally written by Fred Rose. Um, so yeah, why why this song? Well, it's interesting, like that whole album, uh, Redheaded Stranger, a ton of it is covers, which is really wild. And I didn't know that till relatively recently. Um, but like so many of those songs are like Willie's, you know, some of his most famous songs, including Blue Eyes, Crying in the Rain. But um, it's just cool because that album itself is like kind of a concept album that like who has ever heard of a concept album that's like pieced together with other people's songs, you know, like making a story out of other people's stuff. I think it's a really interesting um, way of going about that record. Also production wise, it's like super stripped down and almost like not finished. I heard, I don't know if you read that story of like the record label being like, okay, well this isn't finished, you know, (laughs) like let's, go back in the studio, get full versions. And he's like, no, this is it. You know, a lot of it's just like guitar and vocals. And I think this song, kind of the pinnacle of the album, you know, there's some that, that I really, I mean, I love every song on this album. We did like a full band cover show of this at the Lonesome Rose last two years ago, I guess. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, I love this album, but this is the one that I love playing the most, you know? Yeah, it was his number, it was his first number one, like as a singer, he was more of a songwriter yeah. before, and um, I didn't know that he wrote "Crazy" by Patsy Cline. Yeah, I was in doing the research. I just it, it kind of blows my mind because we were kind of talking about this earlier um, before you got here. Just that I associate Willie Nelson with Willie Nelson, the person, yeah, the pothead, yeah. the celebrity, and I, I really only think look before we kind of went into this. I really only knew like "On the Road Again." That was like yeah. the my the one song I could name. And then listening to just this whole album so good. Yeah, it's awesome. This is a yeah. type of album that like you have like it feel like it's something you should buy on vinyl just to like sit down and listen to it. It's, yeah. It's just it's like watching a TV show. Absolutely. It's a really great road trip album too. I I find that I guess it was uh maybe a little over two years ago I was driving through Montana with my sister and there's all that talk about Blue Rock Montana and stuff. It just Anywhere I feel like in America you could be driving around listening to this album and it feels like it's setting a scene around you for a really interesting American story. Also, um, I did, I got this on vinyl um, and I'm, you know, I like to collect vinyl and stuff. I'm not, I don't have the biggest collection, but it's probably like my favorite record I own for sure. So it's interesting you said that. Yeah, it's a great album to have and just listen all the way through. Yeah, I mean, it's a short album, too. It's only about half an hour. Yeah, it's wild. And all the little interludes, there's a little bit of, like, callbacks, and uh, there's a, a reprise of, of the the whole thing. The whole theme of the concept is a preacher who kills his wife and goes on the run, right? Yeah. They made yeah. a movie out of it, I think? Yeah, they did, and he was in it, I okay. think. I think yeah. so. Which is, it's a very, very 70s kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Country singer writes, you know, makes an album and then does a, film versions kind of low budget uh that's kind of co- i mean that's cool in itself i also find that like it's cool in terms of like an entire generation of country singers that were songwriters um there's something about you think about the highwaymen like uh willie johnny cash chris christopherson waylon jennings they were all like amazing writers but weren't afraid to cover other songs and I was listening to the Willie and Waylon album and like Waylon does a Fleetwood Mac cover and he's got a Steely Dan cover like on a different record. And, and uh, Willie Nelson did, did I say Waylon did that or Willie did that? You said Waylon. Waylon did that. And then Willie has a Joni Mitchell cover of like oh, one wow. of my favorite songs of hers. He did both sides now and like named an album both sides now and did, I mean, it's just cool to hear prolific writers going hard into other people's music too i think yeah i, I totally get it i think with with those guys especially you see their appreciation for the younger generation too and and it's not they don't have this like it's not publicly just like get off my lawn mentality yeah i mean the first thing i think of when i think 
Chris Christopherson is him like consoling Sinead O'Connor when uh, everyone yeah. was booing her after the SNL thing. Yeah, that was amazing. And you know, he, I think he, that the quote that they say is like, "Oh, she's like still a person," you know. And yeah, I, I when you see that just that, that kind of camaraderie against like that respect from these these prolific guys, it's just really cool to see. This is so different. I'm just used yeah. people being assholes about younger totally. generations. Especially. You hear about the stories of like Chuck Berry and and people like that that were amazing but did not like like i think i read it in the rolling stone 100 greatest guitars issue uh keith richards wrote on chuck berry he said he was his biggest inspiration favorite guitar player ever and even as when they were you know successful adults chuck berry wasn't the guy to be like hey you know i like what you're doing he was a jerk he wasn't about socializing with younger players or anything i mean it's Crazy. And you think about the Johnny Cash record, like near the end of his career, the Rick Rubin stuff. Yeah. When he did like Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden. And it's it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Rolling Stone, this song is uh, was voted the 48th uh, from Rolling Stone magazine, the 48th of the 100 greatest country songs of all time. Wow. And it was 302 on the top 500 greatest songs of all time. Wow. Do you, did you see what was number one on the country? Best no, I didn't. Well, I yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm curious to know what it would be. What do, What do you guys think it would be? I have no idea because I, <laughs> I the country is one of my biggest blind spots. Yeah, I, I grew up in like '90s country. Like Garth Brooks was like my first favorite musician. <laughs> Hell, and yeah, I still dude. I still like Garth Brooks. Yeah, man, um, he's got like "Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Out," dude. Love that song. I mean, it's cliche now, but like the karaoke song, uh, Friends in Low Places. Yeah. But I love fucking Rodeo Goes Hard. <laughs> Dude, that song rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we discuss, I really want to know what the number one is. <laughs> um, yeah. I. It's got to be something old school, right? I imagine it's probably something Bob Dylan wrote. <laughs> Maybe not his specific version of it, but yeah. probably if, if him or a cover of it. Which, uh, you know, it's another thing that's interesting about the song. We talked about how Fred Rose originally covered or wrote it and Willie Nelson is covering it. And it's become pretty synonymous with Willie Nelson. Yeah. Like I said, it was his first number one hit. Um, but other guys, I mean, uh, Charlie Pride covered it. Um, there was uh, quite a few other people, pretty big names that have, have played the song. What is it, Zach? Well, according to Rolling Stone, Johnny Cash, I Walk the Line. Oh, wow. I'll see you in hell, dog. That would have been my guess. <laughs> that, that that's I would have guess. guessed Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, number two, Patsy Cline, Crazy. Oh, wow. That's wild. Um, yeah, I mean, that's cool. I think every list, every all-time great list has to be, number one, like something that we've probably heard way too many times that doesn't have, like, the cool factor anymore. I think I Walk the Line is great, but it's like, come on. Man. <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah. Give me, like, you know... Garth Brooks doing uh what's the song about oh the thunder rolls oh yeah that's my number one of all time <laughs> I gotta go with Old Town Road oh, uh, yeah that's a good one I just realized you we were talking about the top 100 greatest country songs and I was thinking top 100 songs period which is why I said Bob Dylan I don't think Bob Dylan's country for the record yeah no I but it's interesting because I think that on their Hundred or five hundred greatest songs of all time, like a Rolling Stone, is their number one. That song. sounds yeah. I, I feel like I've read, read that. that. Yeah. Um, man, Bob Dylan's good. Am I right, guys? What do you think of his? Uh, well, what do you think of the Old Crow Medicine Show's cover of Wagon Wheel? <sighs> I like it a whole lot better than Darius Rucker's cover <laughs> of Old Crow Medicine Show. It's like I, I mean, when I first heard Old Crow Medicine Show Wagon Wheel, I think I was in middle or high early high school maybe um and i like loved that song i think like everybody yeah. else and i loved that it was like kind of this weird imperfect like some of it didn't rhyme great and everything and i think it's complete sacrilege even for a song that i'm not super tied to that darius rucker or whatever writer was working with him went in and changed it so it all rhymed better <laughs> it's heinous heinous cat um uh, but i'm i loved it you know, it, of course, it got overplayed, and at every gig I've ever played, somebody's like, Wagon Wheel, and I go, now. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, Tennessee Whiskey. I'm like, get out. <laughs> it's the free bird of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Tennessee Whiskey. Another cover that made Chris Stapleton famous. 
And I'm pretty sure that George Jones did it first. I don't know if he wrote it, but I know that it's not a Stapleton or Ridge. And he's a great songwriter too. That's the cool thing about country. It's like a, it's like, you know, a continuation of like old school folk songs. Everybody had their own kind of version. There's mutual respect all over the place. It's cool. Yeah. I think it's cool just to think about the, I mean, the standards were there. It was almost kind of like, like jazz in a way that you had the standards that everybody played. Everyone had their version of, and then little by little, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, it just becomes synonymous with somebody yeah. just like, like this song here. Yeah. Um, I also learned that this was apparently the last song, like Elvis Presley really liked Willie Nelson's version, that it was yeah. the last song he sang before he died. Really? Apparently. I don't know how true that is. I, I couldn't find <laughs> anything that like fully confirmed that, but it's rumored that that was the That's last song. That's really wild. He like performed uh, it in like his like living room, like the day he died. I would love to hear an Elvis impersonator do <laughs> a whole Willie set. Um, I have a friend named Preston that one time he was supposed to be learning a bunch of songs for a wedding that he was playing, but he was obsessed with Elvis at the time. I think he always is obsessed with Elvis, but I was sitting on the couch with him cause we were roommates at the time. And he uh, literally, I would be like, let me hear that song you're playing for the wedding. And he would just be like, <laughs> just do it, dude. it killed me every single time it's the best so uh you know maybe i'll get him to do a little elvis version you know it'll be great are yeah. you are you guys elvis fans what do you think about elvis uh my grandma is a big fan of his i there are i mean i appreciate what he's done for music um problematic stuff aside <laughs> being overrated aside too <laughs> I hate Elvis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Zach? I don't have an opinion of Elvis. <laughs> I'm, like, not familiar with him. You don't know who Elvis is. I mean, is. I know who he is. <laughs> I don't, like... Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of, like, five songs. Yes, you can. I probably can't. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one. Are, you, like, you, tried, my are you trying to be shocking? No. What is this? How I listen Stern, to, I listen to bad music. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't listen to Elvis, but, like, yeah. come on, dude. Well, I mean, why would I I just sang listen Elvis. Blue Christmas. You can't name that one. Mm-hmm. I sang the inaudible parts. Like, there's probably... Unintelligible parts. Yeah, there's probably songs that I would recognize, but I don't know are Elvis songs. I Can't Help Falling in Love With You. You mm-hmm. ever been to a wedding? <laughs> nope. <laughs> what are those? What are those, dude? <laughs> Who do you think... This is a quick sidebar. Who do you think is the most overrated of all time? <laughs> so it's so funny. Someone tweeted about this, and I love he- seeing people say the Beatles and thinking that they're like edgy, because it's like the number one. Everyone says that. Everyone says the yeah. Beatles are overrated, and they're wrong. <laughs> I think U two is is my pick, just because <laughs> I can't stand Bono. <laughs> I feel like we talked about this. Did we talk about, about this in the last? Episode. I know, I know, but I figured something might change. Opinions it's change. always I'm always down to talk about it. Uh, do you remember that South Park episode with Bono? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. There, um, go on. There's a so it's funny because that imitate whoever's doing the voice for Bono, I have constantly done that whenever I talk about Bono. I'm Bono. <laughs> and I, for the longest time, I thought that I was doing an impression of Adam Sandler doing an impression of Bono in like an SNL sketch where Frank Sinatra's doing duets and he comes out as Bono and I was telling my my girlfriend about it and like I'm like no you have to see this sketch and we watch the sketch he doesn't even say that what <laughs> he never says I'm Bono so uh Man. so yeah I'm very close to that 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 episode of South because apparently I forgot about it oh man yeah that's good stuff uh yeah I remember when was how to dismantle an atomic bomb the name of that album with vertigo on it yeah yeah i remember when that came out i was like man i didn't know u2 was the best band of all time (laughs) (laughs) i listened to that so much vertigo over and over you might my introduction to u2 was there's a movie with tommy lee jones called blown away and jeff bridges yeah it's a really underrated movie and Tommy Lee Jones plays this like sadistic like arsonist, and he's like literally like blowing shit away, which is why it's called Blown Away. <laughs> and at the end, Jeff Bridges is hunting him down, and Tommy Lee Jones is like mad, like just singing with or without you. And it is for that point in time, I was like, that song sounds fucking cool. I need to know yeah. what that song is. I mean, that sounds 
like an inspired scene. <laughs> I like the the sound of that. A uh, couple Western legends and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, San Antonio guy. Yeah. And supposedly mean. Yeah. <laughs> I hear. I, I like to think he's just curmudgeon. Like it's not yeah. like he's just old. That's what he's it is. playing he's not a part. Mean. Yeah. He's doing a bit the <laughs> whole brand. time. Yeah. Um. Y'all know, did we talk about Jackie Earl Haley the other day at work? Yeah. yeah. He lives in San Antonio, yeah. too. Rorschach, dude. I always think Kelly from Bad News Kelly Bears Lee. first. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Um, I always think Freddy Krueger. <laughs> in the vastly Most notable superior role. remake. This, this is why we gave you the mic today. So <laughs> Thank for, you, my, for my really good this takes. insight, yeah. Who's the most overrated actor of all time? Uh, Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> what? Kidding. No, I love that guy. He's amazing. I met him at Atomic Comics. My mom took me to meet him after Watchmen came out. Hell yeah. Very cool, cool time for me. Is that in Austin? It was, was on that? Broadway. Oh. It's not there anymore. Um, Rip. But yeah, it was really cool. He was very nice. And I added him on Facebook. <laughs> and he added me back. And I've invited him to every show <laughs> that I've ever played. <laughs> and he's never come through. Um, he might, though. I think he's coming. Yeah, next time. I mean, he always tells me release. next time, dude. Yeah, album release. I'm gonna do a whole Watchmen concept album. So, he'll come <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, so yeah, you do have a a uh, release coming. Yes, out. I'm very excited. Uh, it took a long time, and so it's more just like it's ready to be. You know, I'm ready for it to be out there and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited doing it at Sam's Burger Joint on the ninth. And a lot of it, I mean, I'll try to circle back. There is a lot of like Willie Nelson inspiration all the time, even if it just, if it doesn't sound like it, but, um, album's called silver belly. And the title track is a very like country inspired Willie Nelson inspired kind of song. So, I mean, he's probably when people ask like favorite artist. I think when people ask that, it has to be like some legendary figure. You know, when people are like, oh, well, I love all them witches or whatever. Like Zach's playing me songs from bands that are currently making like new music. I'm like, this is lame. I need somebody that's more <laughs> of a symbol, you know? Um, no, but yeah, Willie Nelson, I've gotten to see him a few times and even just seeing him with like his full family band and everything. It always blows me away. And so um, I'm excited for album release. The last kind of big show that we did was that Willie Nelson cover show. So um, it all ties together. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's rad, man. I, I, I was listening to you bring up you know, his family band. And I was listening to a podcast about this song uh, where uh, I think it's from Texas Monthly. Um, it's called A One by Willie. And each episode is about a different song by Willie Nelson. And they talk to different country artists about what it means. Uh, Winona Judd was on uh, this That's episode, awesome. That's very uh, cool. and she was just talking about. She talked a lot about um, his harmonica player uh, Mickey Raphael, mm -hmm. and that that was their first. This this album was the first time they worked together. Wow! And uh, that you can just like Willie Nelson is Willie Nelson because he's Willie Nelson, but there's so much of that album that you know is because of the way his band is. Like it's not. A bunch of hired musicians, musicians, not magicians. Uh, it's not a bunch of hired musicians that come in to studio. They're all like they live together, they work together. Yeah. Um, she said they love together, which, yeah. <laughs> That's good for me, dude. Um, yeah, the personnel on that album, uh, every single part is really cool, and I love how. I don't know. I mean, I would love to like be a fly on the wall when they were recording that stuff, but it's like they all committed to a very certain style of playing. Um, it's it's very old school to me and sparse and none of it's like in your face over the top. Like you can tell guitarists, harmonica player, um, even the drummer, like all the cool train beat stuff. They're all super reined in and it's it's like a very nice, pleasant sound. Um, and it kind of makes me think of like a generation before of country music too, you know? Yeah. I hear a lot of like Woody Guthrie totally. in this album, you know, yeah. it's very like, kind of just like, I'm just going to sit by this microphone and that's how we're going to record. You yeah. Know? It's cool too. Like I think about, have you seen those pictures of Willie before he was like, Willie, you know, cut. clean cut Willie yeah. with like a jazz master and stuff. Um, 
like those albums are very cool. He always incorporated interesting like jazz chords and stuff um, into a lot of those like old things. And I think this is cool because it's straightforward country music. But even then, there are some weird little passing chords and stuff that make it kind of sonically uh, a little different. I also think about at the time that it came out, so much like massive band horn, like late 60s, early 70s, like getting into, you think about Merle Haggard with like throwing down like disco country, rhinestone stuff with, and Glenn Campbell and all that. But uh, it's cool because this is like really stripped down old school country record. I, I just love that. Yeah, know? it's so funny you mentioned that because this Went number one two weeks after Rhinestone Cowboy was number one, and the 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 guys or the guy that hosted the podcast was talking about like it's so exactly what you're saying like it was such a, a different type of of country sound you know it was a, the spectrum yeah. of country and and that you go from this extravagance to kind of just like more stripped down more raw yeah you know more laid back. I want to ask y'all. So I think about when people talk country music, especially now a lot of it turns into this conversation like, oh, well, I, I mean, I don't listen to country. I like the old stuff. Yeah. I don't like the new stuff. It's almost like that was like something that people started saying like a, a while back. And now it makes me mad when people like high profile record labels in Nashville are trying to formulate their little puppets to appear to be outlaw country because they know that all the hipsters are saying so i'm going on record with a band that i hate and it will turn into a hate podcast there's this band midland i don't know if you guys have heard of them before i think so it sounds familiar they are um like pure corporate arena country music that they wear like the embroidered like rhinestone nudie suits like they're in 1978 or something and they grow out their hair and like big old handlebar mustaches and everything and they recorded that song drinking problem i don't know if you've heard that song first of all i love when corporate nashville hears that people like outlaw music and also like you know cool stylized disco country from the 70s and they like when people glorify alcoholism. So they roll it up into one <laughs> trash package to sell at Walmart. And then everybody thinks, oh, yeah, I hate the stuff on the radio. I love this band, Midland. And it's like, dude, we're part of the machine. All right. <laughs> I hate them. I hate that. And I think it's just going to keep getting worse. I have respect for certain artists, but they it's like people know everybody goes country in their weird little, they washed up in their 90s rock career. They have to turn into country, and then it turns into like, oh, well, we have to be 70s-style outlaw stuff, and it, it makes me sick. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know, I think uh, it's it's interesting because I, I was definitely of that type of, of person growing up uh, at a certain point where like, like, yeah, like I'll listen to old country. Like I like Hank Williams. I like Johnny Cash, you know, and, um, I didn't like contemporary country much in the two thousands. I was never into like Brad Paisley or, or anything like that. And, and it, growing up now, I, I mean, like looking at it back now, uh, I just, it was just, it just felt very, it was too top 40 for me. And yeah. that's not even like, it does an insult like to the type of music. It's just, it didn't feel cool to like that. Yeah. It's like exactly what you're saying, yeah. you know? It's interesting because now, like at the time, I would like roast my dad. I would always want them to put on 99.5 Kiss, you know? I'm like, put on some rock, right? <laughs> my dad would be like, no, it's George Strait time. And I would be like, uh, okay, whatever. And now it's funny because I'll listen to George Strait, even early 2000s stuff, I'm like, he was the real cowboy, and now we got this <laughs> this uh, top forty trash. And I'm like, he was literally like the vehicle and the vessel for the. I mean, he's the guy. He is the top forty country artist all time. He's the king, but of course now he's headlining ACL because it's a little past that time where he's like dominating the chart. So now it's cool because he's you know urban cowboy 
pure country and uh you know maybe John Travolta or something is rolled <laughs> up into there um either way now it's like crazy because I will I'll do this thing where I'll turn on Y100 or KJ97 the old school country stations of San Antonio and be like which it's like a game I like to play. Like which one of these stations is playing a worse song right now? <laughs> and I'll go back and forth and I'll have them programmed onto my like, <laughs> radio so I can have fun. And every single one has 808s, has like the same weird sample of guys in the back. Like, Hey, Hey, like it's bizarre <laughs> and like clap tracks. And it's just like, what is going on? And it's just the lyrics that are vaguely Southern and it's, like, oh, my God. It's just horrifying stuff. <laughs> what you got, Zach? Well, you watched that new Bill Burnham special, right? Yes. Have you seen the country that, music oh thing he does? Oh, my God. Yes. That's it's great. fantastic. Pandering. Pandering. <laughs> <laughs> when he says legalized gerrymandering. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you see that new special? I did, but I was, like, half asleep because it was, like, 2 in the morning, and I wanted to finish it, but I should rewatch it. <laughs> yes, it's a... Uh, Really, really good. Very depressing, but very talented guy. I do want to say, if you like Bo Burnham, if you like Inside specifically, there is another special by this other guy named Whitmer Thomas um, called The Godin One. And it's all about him finding out that his mom died a few years ago, I think from alcoholism. And on her deathbed, she like told him he was the Godin One. So it's about him like... Go, go, looking back at himself growing up and like his relationship with his mom and also he found out his mom was like a pop star in the 80s and like wow. he found these old tracks with her twin sister it's fucking wild That's like it, wild, it's yeah. some shit that you would like see in a movie but it's real life and and now he's like an actor and, and he's it's really good it's it's yeah. very same kind of vibe as far as like emotionally but it's just a little different but but yeah it's really yeah. good that's crazy it was a. Uh... Like two days ago, I was talking about Inside, and somebody suggested the the same guy. Oh, really? Wimmer Thomas. Yeah. So, for sure, now I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Sounds awesome. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's crazy. Like people that are so talented, and so, like I feel so lucky that I am not, uh, in the head of somebody like Bo Burnham, like an extremely talented but like tortured human being. It's hard to watch sometimes. Because it makes me worried about like that person, but uh, no, it's pretty fantastic stuff. It's very cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of there's there's so many artists and and and, and talented people who who have those those inside hidden demons, you know. And there's yeah. that whole thing about the 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 clown, you know. The this guy goes into a doctor to because yeah. he's depressed. Doctor says, "Go see this clown. He'll cheer you up." It's like, no, I'm I'm the clown, you know. Yeah. And I mean. It's just so wild to 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 see this kind of stuff. a lot of it is catharsis, I'm sure. A lot of it is just a need to release. Yeah. But but yeah, there's just so many tortured people out there who put out amazing genius stuff. Didn't Rorschach say that in <laughs> Watchmen? Yeah, he tells that joke. He's like, "Good joke." Ah, yeah. everybody <laughs> laugh. It's like that's Polyachi that's crazy. or something. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a great doctor, impression. I am Pagliacci. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Also, do you guys ever see the movie The Clown by Eli Roth? No. I think he directed, maybe just produced it because it's uh, some low budget trash. But <laughs> uh, uh, that's a just a horrible movie, and it's uh, funny because it's about a guy who like finds a clown suit in the attic, puts it on. It attaches itself to his skin, and he can't get it off. He becomes the clown, you know? Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah it's like, like a Venom. Spider-Man type thing. It's <laughs> like Venom. But uh, the best part is there's, like, an old leather-bound book uh, that he finds that, like, has the legend of the suit in it. And it's, like, in old English writing, and it says the cloin. <laughs> it's like a predecessor to clown. Um, and it's very much like a Pagliacci-inspired kind of it's not at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, there's a clown in it. There's a clown in it. Um, did you ever see the episode of Seinfeld with uh, crazy Joe DiVolo? And he dresses up like the clown and wants to kill Jerry. I don't remember. <laughs> That's a good one. It's like a part at the beginning in the cold open of the show. He's calling Jerry because uh, he's like, I, you know, I'm coming for you, whatever. 
and it's just a close up of his mouth with the phone. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, Jerry." Sorry, hair on my tongue. <laughs> like keeps going. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, so Willie Nelson's the best. <laughs> I'm glad you transitioned because I didn't know what the I'm fuck so I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to get going into sad clowns and Jerry Seinfeld and Eli Roth. Did you ever see the Green Inferno? No, I've heard that's a horrible, horrible things about it's a horrible it. Movie. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? The worst, like. Quality-wise, or like it made me feel the worst? Both. Both? Quality-wise, I mean, I've watched parts of The Room. That's like an obvious answer, though. I've heard the Beatles are overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling-wise, I mean, I think it's a great movie, but Midsommar gave me a stomach No, Mother gave me a stomach ache. pretty rough, yeah. The crowd-surfing baby. Getting ripped apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one hurt. I don't think I'll ever watch that again. It's yeah. an amazing movie, but just... Yeah, that was tough. I took uh, my girlfriend, Devin, to go see Mother on her birthday. <laughs> Why? And uh, <laughs> we went to the Violet Crown in Austin, and we were walking into the theater, and the same guy who did the Elvis thing <laughs> that I was talking about earlier calls me, and he goes, dude, I got three tickets for Tenacious D. Let's go. And so we walked out of the theater, and I was like, "I'm so yeah, well, let's go see Tenacious D tonight. And then tomorrow we'll go see Mother. So we like exchanged our tickets, went back the next day. And it was like, man, that was a great movie, but I felt way better after the Tenacious <laughs> D show. <laughs> yeah, it's a good birthday show, you know. <laughs> yeah. Tenacious I've never D. I've never seen them live. How was like how was it the was awesome, show dude. itself? It was so good. It was um like over the top, great, you know, but they uh they're great musicians, you know, yeah. so it's they throw down. The craziest part is this friend of mine. I guess his sister knew Jack Black. And so now every time they're touring, this dude will like hit email Jack Black and be like, yo, what's up? Let's grab a drink and go hang out with him and stuff. <laughs> he says the nicest guy ever. Man. I bet. Yeah. He does definitely friend. gives off that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I was just, we recorded an episode earlier about Led Zeppelin and yeah. I forgot to mention, and I kind of mentioned this earlier for <laughs> me, uh, that, uh, Tribute is actually a tribute to Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The TV show version, like you can hear, like, he even plays like the 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 riff, you know, yeah, a little bit. And uh, I I just love that. I think that made me realize that like acoustic music could still be kind of metal <laughs> in mm-hmm. a way. And the way he played, I mean, Kate, like, Kyle Gass is an amazing guitar player. He's so good. I don't dude. think he gets enough credit for that. He definitely doesn't. It's a. It goes along weirdly with the Bo Burnham kind of thing because like these people are such good musicians but they use it to be funny so it kind of like gets you know tossed to the side but i think about like the melodies and like the crazy guitar lines and stuff it's really really badass and uh the acoustic like hardcore metal stuff uh i've heard jack black talk about how like he thinks the who is like one of the like hardest bands of all time and they have so much cool, like, acoustic, like, heavy stuff um, that I can hear, like, you know, you can hear the influences with, like, the big, like, rocking chords and then, like, the, you know, yeah. little lines and stuff. I think that's a, a pretty awesome side of, like, 70s rock and roll. Led Zeppelin got super heavy with acoustic stuff and the Who, and it's just cool, man. It's, it's good yeah. Stuff. What did you guys talk about with Led Zeppelin? We talked about the song Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica, not Dire Maker. But I love Jamaica. when people are like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm never going to say, oh, you know that track, Jamaica? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard, it's like, um, it's like seeing the movie, like, Chocolat, the movie, <laughs> like, yeah. you just sound like Chocolate, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know how you uh, make a really ripping pop track and call it something that you know people are going to mispronounce forever. I think that was kind of the beauty in it. It's just that, like, it's it's yeah. based off of a joke, and like, yeah. I guess he also didn't expect people to mispronounce it either. <laughs> yeah, it's a that's a great song, man. That whole I don't know. It it really like stands out. I think is that on Led Zeppelin four? I think it's on House of the Holy. I think, I think you're right. It could be. Wrong. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many like real heavy guitar lines in that like era 
and then like this kind of poppy reggae like <laughs> like sweet sound of thing it's it's awesome how do you feel about robert plant's like current stuff like the stuff he did with Alison krauss and and he's kind of going back to, to a little bit more like basics more roots yeah kinda. i think it's cool i don't listen to it a ton i mean there was this station on dish network called adult alternative <laughs> um and they always played that like raising sand Alison krauss uh Robert Plant stuff. It's really cool. It's well produced. Did Rick Rubin do that? I think he I'm did those. I'm not sure. It sounds right. <laughs> I'm. I think I was listening to Rick Rubin talk about those records. I'm 90% sure he engineered those. And they sound amazing. And it's just like not for me, but I, I think it's cool. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think that because uh, in doing research, we, we talked about the Cheryl Crow cover of, of Jamaica. And uh, she talked about touring with Robert Plant and that, you know, he feels good. He's able to do stuff and not get a bunch of people yelling out, play Stairway. You know, that there is this new kind of, it's not as successful in in that sense, but it's still, you know, he has his legacy. He's doing what he wants to now. And I think I really appreciate that just from a, you know, creative standpoint that he's not, imprisoned by his old yeah. music you know that, there is something to be said for that for sure um it's kind of upsetting because you know that like it's a different feeling you get from say seeing robert plant do a whole set with zero zeppelin covers and then on the other hand you see like a ringo star live show and like every track is you know like the old hits. I mean, I, that's maybe a bad example, but it's a different vibe. Even if I don't love the music as much, I I think you got to respect it more yeah. when people are still trying to like innovate and do kind of something new all the time. Um, I don't know. Like I saw a set list that Paul McCartney played at uh, ACL, I think, and it was you know it was like all classic stuff, but he's still putting out rec- like new stuff. And then I listen to those records, and it's like, this is, you know, it's phoning it in a little oh, bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus the, I, I really like when older artists like that can pair with somebody from, say, a different generation. Obviously, Alison Krauss has been all, around for a long time, but, you know, yeah, 90s, 2000s or something, and yeah, it's it's cool stuff, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I that's a good point. I, I for one thing, um, I love Wings. yeah. Which I like George Harrison's my favorite Beatle, but Paul McCartney's had my favorite post Beatles career just because totally. of Wings. Yeah. And um, you know, I uh I think that it, it's so wild to think that he's lived like like three or four different lifetimes of just his music career alone. Yeah. You know, and then even the Beatles live like two lifetimes. There's the boy band Beatles and then there's the psychedelic Beatles. Yeah, yeah sitar Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> um do and I had a question for you about Paul McCartney. Uh, oh, did you watch Sound City? No. The documentary? You watched that, right, Zach? Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. Um, it's just, you know, the awesome studio, Sound City, every record that, I mean, they recorded Rumors and, like, all these classic 70s albums there. And then, like, Nevermind, Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. Uh, Pixies, you know, it's like, I think Surfer Rosa was there, Tool's first records were there. I mean, it's like several decades and genres and it had somewhat survived the kind of digital apocalypse of analog studios and then inevitably like went, you know, went out. But then the documentary made by Dave Grohl, he went in, bought the classic Neve console board that was in there, brought it to his studio and then like invited all these people that had recorded those albums. So Stevie Nicks, uh, Lindsey Buckingham, you know, Frank Black, Pixies and stuff. It was really cool to see the whole thing. But at the end, like Paul McCartney comes in just as a, he never recorded a record there, but it's, you know, it's like (laughs) Paul McCartney wants to come jam. And it's basically like Nirvana with Paul McCartney as Kurt. (laughs) And, they just like write songs on the spot and it's just kind of like goofy rock tracks 
But I guess, like, if there's anybody in the world that's, like, allowed at this point to, like, write stupid, like, hard rock songs that mean nothing and aren't very good but are just, like, fun to jam to, it's, like, Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl, <laughs> like, hanging out, you know. And that's what I feel like when I listen to, like, his new albums. It's just, like, and he's just he's just having a good time. Yeah. He's having a good time. Um, but, yeah, I think think about those studios that, like, recorded, like, rumors at one time, and they're like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> boom, you know, it's crazy. I don't know. That's a tangent. I'm sorry. No, I mean, this, this is what this is all about, man. That's just, this, is why, this is why we wanted you back on. <laughs> no, I was asking for a long time. It's like, <laughs> um, that last episode, man, what a mess. Right, guys? It was a beautiful mess. <laughs> it was I, a lot of fun to record. I'm so happy I haven't heard Connor Ober since we were here. <laughs> God. Um, so we really didn't get a lot of chance to talk about Phoebe Bridgers, even though we were supposed to. Whatever. Uh, I mean, is there? I mean, obviously she's super talented, and uh, yeah. you know she kind of embodies. It's, it's such interesting, like parallel to you know you did Phoebe Bridgers last time. You're doing Willie Nelson now. They don't have a lot in common in that sense, but there is a, a sense of kind of um, you know the 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 influence in the sense that you know she's she's kind of. Uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you know, she she has this 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 very similar songwriting approach, and I feel yeah. like she's very down to earth in that sense. But it's also it's very modest, but it's also very like you can you can hear the talent in her. Yeah, I think that both of them have a sorry. Um, I think both of them have a pretty cool sense of confidence um, in collaboration with other people, and also. I mean, relatively, Phoebe Bridgers is a relatively new artist. She's been around for years, but, uh, you know, Willie Nelson, decades, both of them at certain times just didn't really care. Like, people can like this or not. I'm just going to go for it. Um, And it helps that they're both super talented so they can feel that confidence and, like, it's going to be good music either way. The thing that I like about Phoebe Bridgers is uh, over the last year, I think last week has been a year since Punisher came out. She just like does everything all the time, whatever she wants to do. And it's typically pretty cool just because of the energy that she exudes. And I think that's something that Willie Nelson has like built on for what, 50 years, uh, I guess. Yeah. Over almost 60 years. He was always just his own guy decided Nashville wasn't the way, so he moved to Texas and, like, basically created the Texas sound of country music. And there's, like, some sort of, like, kind of fuck you energy to to all that, where it's like, whatever, man. And then it's cool because people want to be around them, so it's just like, it works. You know, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I do think that Phoebe Bridger's probably my favorite artist doing stuff right now. But it's similar to that feeling of like watching Bo Burnham and crying. It's like it just really hits like a nerve that like upsets me in a good way. And Willie Nelson is kind of the opposite, you know, in that way. It's like I want to listen to Willie Nelson just going off on, you know, just having a good time. And like, I don't know, he uh, he has a lot of good time songs and a lot of like really heartbreaking love songs, too. I don't know. They're just. They're both cool because their personalities come across so like transparently in their music, uh, and I, I just love that. I think they're, yeah, definitely. I think they they have that same kind of vibe. It's a very sincere vibe. It's very genuine. I think that's one thing that they they have a lot in common. Um, you know, I I was watching I I on certain YouTube channels, kind of you get stuck in a rabbit hole, and I I was watching. I found I came across this this uh this one channel. This guy just reviews an album a day. And I was looking at his channel and like he averages about, you know, just a few, like maybe 50, 100 views per video. Mm-hmm. He actually had Phoebe Bridgers on. And I don't know how <laughs> that happened, but you just see all of his videos just shoot up. And I thought it was so cool of her to do that. Like she yeah. had no reason. I don't know what how it happened, but it made me like appreciate her even more that she would take the time to do that. Yeah. After the episode that I did here, I posted that video. And of course, like say on Instagram, like at you know covered at Phoebe Bridgers, or and she like 
responded to it. On oh, Instagram. cool. Yeah, and she just like was like, "Hey, good job" or whatever. And oh, it was, cool. It's just nice. I mean, the thing is, I guess that's part of what comes with having everybody be accessible all the time. Yeah, like, you know, in the midst of a pandemic where people are just chilling at home on Instagram all day. But uh, it's cool. Like oh, over the last few months, I've like posted some stuff, just like little guitar covers and things. It's always really cool when people like write back and they'll be like, nice. You know, it's <laughs> like an instant surge of like, you know, excitement and all that. But with her, she will do like high profile on the cover of Vogue or whatever. And then like, like chat with somebody random that's making YouTube videos. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I've, I've heard stories about Willie Nelson. It's like the same kind of thing. He does the luck reunion every year and uh a guy i know in austin is a photographer and just volunteered to go pe- be a part of the luck reunion and shoot photos and hang out and just do free press basically um and ended up chilling out at willie's house on the property and just meeting him and he invited him in like you know gave him a drink and was very chill he said it, this friend of mine said it was like the coolest day of his life. Also, he was a, a much like older dude that had just moved to Austin and had a passion for music photography and just wanted to get into it and ended up through a friend of a friend getting on this spot. And he said the first day, like he ends up around Willie and Willie's like, come on in, man. Like, let's hang out. That's red. It's so cool, man. People are when people are nice, it makes the music better. Yeah, for sure. Dude, that's something that Winona Jed was talking about that when she first met him, or no, she they did a song together and they're at the like CMTs or something, and she took her grandma, who was a big fan, and that like he was like the nicest person to her. Like he just had this like bond with her. Like he like had a conversation with her. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know? It's just the type of person he is. Yeah. Is there an artist y'all can think of that's famously mean that you still love? There probably are. I just can't think of any right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I. It's hard because like some people, that's like their, their brand. But then you hear stories like, oh, in real life, he's actually really nice. I don't imagine that Maynard James Keenan's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> maybe he yeah. is. I mean, maybe he's just difficult to work with. <laughs> he's got some Me Too stuff going on too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Recently, oh, no. I was listening to uh, Rob Harvilla. This music journalist has a podcast called 60 Songs That Changed the 90s or Defined the 90s. And they talk about Stinkfist and they had uh, a, uh, <laughs> a a journalist on talking about that and that she was really disappointed. And obviously, because it's disappointing to begin with, but also just the fact that, you know, he. This was like metal for the thinking man, you know. It was you thought that she thought that he was more sensitive to these types of things and and more you know intelligent about these types of things. And just to find out he has like rock star antic like you know behavior is just was really disappointing. On top of the fact that you know he hurt people. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't know that. That's a really big bummer. I guess when you <laughs> you got a guy whose bands are called like Tool and Pussifer and stuff. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, man, that's a bummer. That's a sadder one to think about because I did think that he was more not that guy. Yeah, you know, and it, that's I think that's that's always the the most disappointing thing. And and there's a there's there's a band I, I love, Saves a Day. There's an emo band, late '90s emo band, and the lead singer recently was he didn't have anything like ab- in terms of like actual like criminal abuse, yeah. but I mean he was very like uh you know verbally abusive and, and it just, he's he's a bad drunk for, for yeah. like a better phrasing and he he definitely emotionally fucked up with some people and yeah it's just it's just a bummer man <laughs> yeah that's that's tough i feel so weird thinking about like when i was a little bit younger i guess probably like you know five or six years ago i would tell people all the time <laughs> kevin spacey's my favorite actor <laughs> of all time <laughs> And now I think about how many people I made such a big deal about, like, no, dude, I love Kevin Spacey. And now I just, like, he's such a joke on top of, like, the horrible things he's done and the way that he's handled it now, trying so hard to, like, break back into a weird, like, meta fame role, play Frank Underwood on 
his own self-made YouTube videos where he has like like iMovie built-in sound effects on him and stuff. Um, yeah, that was a one for me when that happened. I was like, ah oh, man, <laughs> Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and now I watched those movies. I was like, he's he's all right. I've man. always had a bad vibe about him. Really, I've been wrong about a lot of people, but there's there's certain people like I just I just there's just something about them, and he was always one. And up until you know the allegations that I think proved to be true, um, I up until that point I was just like I know Terrestrial. There's just something about him that I I, it's not even the smugness because I like James Spader, you know. (laughs) So I I I couldn't figure it out. And then when it happened, like oh that's what it is. That's what I had a feeling. What this is a God. I guess this is a horrible thing to (laughs) to like dive into. But like first of all, who for you two was there anybody that you were like really really bummed out about that within the last few years like stuff came out about prince um with the Sinead o'connor stuff he like was pretty abusive with her and there is a whole uh she wrote and i think in her biography or i don't know if it was an article or something where like he invited her over to like talk about because she did you know the cover of uh nothing compares to you and uh that he like he's like oh I want to have a pillow fight which sounds like great fun to have a pillow fight with, with Prince, Prince but apparently he put a bunch of like heavy books in the like pillowcase that he like these are allegations but like this has been documented it's just it's a bummer and yeah that's the one that just kind of like up until recently I was like oh like finally I have a hero who's like yeah you know had a pretty decent you know de- decent personality decent person and and now and even he has his demons yeah that's what about you, Zach? Uh, sorry, I toned out. I was looking up the Maynard James Keenan thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. I'm going to say it's not true. But Zach, that's really messed up. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> it's like something that's from like three years ago, apparently, and then like it was false claims, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he's not, he's still like doing things, so I don't think he's been canceled for anything. I don't know. I mean, no one weird. really gets canceled. Well, Kevin I mean, Spacey's making a movie about being like a pedophile. I yeah, think dude, that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, let me tell you something. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Anything I can do to put money directly in this guy's pocket, <laughs> I'm going to do. I stream Usual Suspects, even though I know the twist. I remember this one time. I was my sister was in town in Austin, and I was like, I got to show you this amazing movie that I just found out about. Usual Suspects. <laughs> I was like, I. I just got to show you this movie. We watched the first few minutes and then I don't know what happened. If we were too tired, we were going to go to bed or we we're going to go out and meet some friends or whatever. We watched literally like three minutes and I was like, if we're not going to finish this, like I'm just letting you know, like he's Kaiser. So <laughs> and I just told her so, and she was like, dude, but it was just like, even watching it after the very first time, I was like, I guess this is a pretty unnecessary movie, but like, I want you to know how crazy this is. <laughs> I know you don't have any context, but the twist is it's him. And she's like, all right. And then now every time we talk about that movie, it's always like a thing. We're like, well, remember when you say you told me? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, Zach, we were talking about if there's anybody bugged you when you found out about it that like really hurt you i don't know i don't uh you fetishize celebrities so i try not to <laughs> be affected by their lives yeah i mean I, I the question wasn't was like it wasn't like are you better than us <laughs> <laughs> like i know that you think that's not what i think i know you think like oh well i have a health well i just don't like i don't I have no relationship with fame i mean yeah, again, <laughs> underlining your pretension over here. <laughs> I eschew fame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, fucking, what's the guy's, <laughs> who's the guy, Mr. Rogers? <laughs> like, really, like, just out of left field or whatever, I'd be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, Yeah, you didn't watch I mean, Mr. Rogers. You don't care yeah, about Mr. Like, Rogers. Yeah, what but, like, that's about? what I'm saying. That would be, like, my reaction to that. As, as the BuzzFeed say, uh, it would ruin your faith in humanity. Hmm? If Mr. Rogers... Oh, no. <laughs> That's been ruined uh, for a long time. <laughs> what faith? What I a, have no relationship yeah, to faith. I have no... That's true. Um, I think Pat said something about that last time. <laughs> There's some choice words. <laughs> choice words about guitar manufacturers and deities, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. The thing is, I think what it does to find out about people 
doing things that are not kosher, it's like, yeah, that sucks. Also, I probably shouldn't have loved that that guy so much anyway. So I get where you're coming from, but it's also like, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're people. They're just <laughs> normal people. <laughs> We're all people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I read that in uh, Clara and the Sun. You ever read that one? Mm-mm. Looks dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one person we can definitely add would be Willie Nelson. I feel like if Willie Nelson had some, that would upset me pretty bad. I think, yeah, I don't think it would. There'd be any coming back from that, and just no, I don't think so. I don't even want to put that into the world as a hypothetical. All right, I'm knocking wood on this amazing table that you and your dad made for <laughs> a little favorite son wood shop. It's it's looking good. It looks really nice in here. So yeah. Brings us to full circle to Willie Nelson. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you get a show. Uh, so, yeah, do you have uh, you plug your show again? Yeah. Uh, album, Silver Belly, coming out on July 9th. Same day, release show at Sam's Burger Joint. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. But, yeah, I'm excited about the album. Eager to hear what you guys think. Um, you being you two. I'm not talking to a general <laughs> listener here. I'm not... I have no relationship with fame, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, you know that cliche thing when people are like, man, so glad shows are coming back, man, (laughs) finally. I guess we got to say that once in here. But, yeah, I'm excited for the show, excited for the album, and uh, really, thanks. I know you don't often have repeat visitors. You're the first. You're the first uh, that wasn't a part of a separate, like, group. So, yeah. Thank you for having me back. Oh, for sure. It's always a good time. Thanks for coming on. Of course, dude. All right. Coming up next, we've got Cooper Greenberg covering Willie Nelson's Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. crying 